Hey, my boss. Today, I want to talk about paying for childcare during pandemic. You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging, but in 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the one percent wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey, helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shergunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Welcome back to the Money Boss Podcast. Anna Shergunina is here. October is almost here, and we are full speed ahead into fall. Although this week in the Bay Area we're getting a heat wave, so the temperatures are in the 90s. I think some some parts of the Bay are probably even closer to a um, hundred uh, if you go further in inland. So it doesn't quite feel <laughs> like. We're getting into fall, but um, we are, we are, because we're just so close. Pumpkins are everywhere, right? And people are talking about Halloween. Is it happening this year or not? School is in full force. Anyway, I think the mood is there, but what's really on everyone's minds are um, is the situation with um, not only how to pay for childcare during this time, but also how do you find the proper childcare, right? Because as students are, or many are still doing virtual learning, and at least particularly here in the Bay Area, uh, we are still quite um, in that uh, in that realm is that schools are still closed. We are lucky in my family that our daycare is open. Well, Liam is still very little, um, so we have a full-time care, and uh, it's been great. But um, I know that during this time of uncertainty, it has caused a lot of stress on a lot of families, moms, dads, kids, and just, you know, everyone around. And so in this episode, I wanted to focus on how do we reduce stress around, right? Finding options for daycare, but also give you some ideas how to use your resources that you already have so you can pay for, for childcare. All right, so let's get into it. My tip number one is, um, I wanted to remind you, for all of you, those of you who have employer-sponsored flexible spending accounts, they're also called short FSA. So th- there are two types of FSA account, flexible spending accounts. One flexible, one type of flexible spending account is used to pay for healthcare expenses. Um, and the second one is used to pay for childcare expenses with tax-free dollars. So it's, it works very similarly as how you would compare it to a 401k. You put pre-tax dollars into it, and when you take it out, right, well, hopefully with the 401k dollars, you aren't taking it out just yet, but it helps you reduce your taxable income. Um, and also when you take it out, particularly for FSA medical use or FSA-dependent care, these dollars are not only helping you reduce the, the, the income in the year you're putting it in, but you don't pay taxes, right? And if the monies are invested, that's even better. But we won't get into that much of the details in terms of how to invest it. All I wanted to remind you is that uh, the FSA dependent care type of account, you can pay or you can use the funds in that account to pay for child care under age of 13, right? So it's typical for things like before and after school care expenses, 
babysitting on any expenses, daycare, nursery school, preschool, summer day camp, and then of course all the virtual learning um, that's taking, taking place now. Now, with the passage of the CARES Act earlier this year, right, it was um, when we were just in the, at the midst of starting our pandemic shutdown, um, we had lots of different laws and rules that were passed out when we, uh, when we, released, uh, when we received our stimulus checks and all of that. So CARES Act was, uh, was what took all of it. What, and what it allowed for these FSA accounts um, is to have a little bit more flexibility. Uh, in terms of you know uh, contributions, right? When to stop and to uh, start, uh, decrease or increase the contributions? Because normally you would only have one time during the, during the open enrollment season to select your contributions, right? You select it for. Uh, usually, most employers have an, an enrollment period at the end of the year, and so you kind of prep for the year ahead. Now, with the CARES Act, it gave the flexibility to to make the change, right? Because people were losing jobs, so unemployment status changes. Uh, a lot of people were taking fed, uh, family uh, medical leave, and then just also um, if you if you were having kids, and number of dependents were changing. So what I want you to kind of remember remember is to first of all look at your account, right? Have you have you maxed maxed it out, right? What is the what is the maximum amount? Um, that you can still put into that account, or maybe on the other hand, is when you since your childcare situation changed, um, maybe you don't need to put as much money away. So it's it's almost like you've got to weigh in these options because remember one of the benefits of actually putting money into FSA account, it helps you reduce some of your taxable income. So it's sort of it's sort of like you've got to weigh in the the situation you're in and see if it helps. Um, I know this is one of those things that you kind of set on auto pay, right, or under deposit because every paycheck you you take, uh, you get whatever amount is being taken out of that. So you may not even be focused on it. But this is my friendly reminder for you. Um, all right. Um, another thought I had was, or step number two in, try, in, in terms of trying to figure out um, creative ways, right, to pay for childcare. So. Uh, I two, two kind of ideas here. One, one I was thinking maybe finding, if you're finding yourself to be in a situation where you have the flexibility to work from home um, and your employer is flexible in terms of, you know, you're, you're, being, to, you're being able to work from home, um, so maybe you don't need to send your kids to, uh, to actual daycare, right? Um, or maybe they're age, older uh, of age where um, you, you need to provide some other supervision. So I was thinking maybe... Try to see who in your community, uh, maybe another mom, has a similar situation, right? Who maybe works from home, but has a different schedule uh, or is more flexible, right? Or you can maybe stagger or you can actually swap the babysitting, you know, hours or, or days, right? And um, that way you get part uh, of your day, right, to yourself to do the work and then sort of, you know, kind of stagger that throughout. I've seen this, um, my neighbors uh, next door, um, their son is eight, eight years old. And so, um, because both parents work from home, they actually were able to do this kind of swap uh, with a friend, friend of theirs. Um, another thought I had maybe, uh, and again, kind of still have to look around in your own network and community, but hiring a high school or college student, right, for those babysitting and emergency situations. Now, I, they, I, assuming that they're also on this flexible, right, schedule in terms of being able to, to take their virtual classes 
uh, from anywhere, but you know, maybe even um, to help to give you a little bit of uh, free time, right, to get away. And one other thought, of course, I, I know these are not like crazy ideas, but uh, nanny share is popular as well. I know that I, I, these folks are probably in high demand um, these days, but it's a little bit more formal arrangement, right? You probably would have to team up with another family and it's really, you gotta look into more paperwork and, and, and hire them, um, you know, not just a, you know, on one one-off basis, but, uh, even look into setting them up as your employee and, uh, you know, pay, paying payroll taxes and all of that. So it's a little bit more involved, um, but I've seen a lot of clients in these situations been quite successful um, for sure. Uh, so these are some of the ideas that I think you can definitely utilize. Um, I realize that, um, and it's even talking with other families, right, that every phase uh, has... Uh, or every age, right, for a child that you're taking care of has a different challenges. Uh, and so, but I know that we're going to get through it as well. Let me know if you have any creative ideas, if you have any questions around what we discussed today. And remember, until next time, you are the bosses of your money. Hey, Money Boss. Thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, Smart financial decisions are for everyone, uh, so don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to MainStreet-Money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.